Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume. volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est bon. Ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. Stanley pour les Canadiens. Le 23e de l'histoire. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs! And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's gonna be sick. Good Friday evening, everyone. I am your host, as always, on these Fridays. My name is Matt O'Han, the Hebrew Hammer, and I uh, hope you all had a great week. Thank you for starting off your weekend with us. Uh, let's get into it. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, who have recently been named by Deloitte and CIBC as one of Canada's best managed companies, the country's leading business award recognizing innovative and world-class companies. The Best Managed Canadian Companies Award designation fuels energy's purpose of creating progress for our customers, our employees, our communities, and and our communities join a winning team and check out energy's career page for all available opportunities you'd think i'd have nailed that one down after reading it for so many uh, so many weeks in a row open 24 7 drinks are always free when you play over 600 machines daily promotions including bust the bank pirate edition with a one hundred thousand dollar weekly top prize every sunday and one million dollar top prize money at the end at the grand finale on september 10th visit playground located just over the mercier bridge only minutes away from downtown montreal also brought to you by La Bita TB Beer, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bita TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bita TB, embrace your true nature. And 
by Murphy Clinic, who are an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal, as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have two clinics, one located in Montreal's Shop Angus and the second one on the North Shore in Terrebonne. They're also opening up very soon in Quebec City. Visit murphyclinic.ca or on Instagram at murphyclinic. Well, uh, football training camps are well underway as it's the preseason in the NFL. The MLB is in full swing, of course, dog days of summer. And the NBA, uh, not really much happening there, but we are inching closer and closer to NHL training camp. And because of that, speculation starting to arise of who will be the rookies that will crack Montreal's roster, if any. So who better to talk about this than someone who's written an article just recently than Tredge Wilson? We've had him before on the show, and he's back. Tredge, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Weather's okay. Uh, weekend starting, so... Uh, been looking forward to this weekend. I'll be honest. It's been uh, it's been a long week. It's been a long, long week between uh, last week I was on vacation. So the first week back is always tough. It's always tougher yeah. when you start your week uh, or you end your vacation with three days of one Metallica uh, concert and two festival days. So that that it's always a tough week when you start your your first week back at work off that. Not much rest was in my uh, was uh, was under my belt. Well, that's good. Uh, take the weekend, rest up, and then uh, get back at her on Monday, I guess. That's it. That's it. That's the plan. Uh, all right. So uh, let, let's talk about this because uh, yeah. there's been a there's a lot of uh, a lot of people have a lot of takes right on uh, on the prospects. People are very very excited about Montreal's prospect pool. Uh, who are the prospects uh, that get you excited uh, before we jump into the uh, who can crack the roster? Oh, well, the prospects that have me excited are uh, Emil Hinneman. I think he's, mm. uh, whether he stays in Laval or not, I think he's kind of a great year uh, coming over from the Swedish Hockey League. Uh, Joshua Waugh, I'm excited to see what he does uh, at the pro level. Uh, same with Sean Farrell. Um, Logan Mayu is another guy I'm excited about. I mean, I know mm. there's still some stuff that he got to work through to, to make to the NHL, but seeing him in Laval will be very interesting to see how his uh, – his game pops up and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what happens with Owen Beck because there's only two options for him. So uh, um, we'll see what happens there, I guess. So uh, I like a couple names because of mostly because I've seen them play that yeah. you mentioned, uh, which one of them was uh, Emil Heinemann. I, I really, I don't, you know, you spoke about him in your article mm -hmm. over on the, the hockey writers. And I, I really like what you said, you know, like in an Arturi Lekkanen kind of mold of a player. Uh, not a lot of people liked Arturi Lekkanen right off the bat in Montreal. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they started to see the effort and what he was able to do and what he's able to bring to the team. And listen, I've only seen Emil Heinemann play one game and it was uh, a playoff game uh, for Laval last year. And in a, I always say this in a four nothing loss, it's very hard to stand out uh, as an offensive player, and he he did just that. I mean, this guy was flying all over the ice. Uh, I, I really like what I saw from him. You know, just at a professional level, and like you mentioned in the article, you know, he hasn't played many North American games. He doesn't have that much under his belt. So uh, that's one guy that uh, I'm really really excited about. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the reason I put him in the article, because I think he's probably the best guy to try to fight for a spot right out of training camp in Montreal. Um, and uh, it's just his speed, his uh, his effort, I think, is the biggest thing that he gives. And and the reason I say Arturi Lekkonen is because, yeah, a lot of people didn't like Lekkonen because, well, he tended to miss the net a lot when he had all these great chances but could never hit the net. But uh you, you, a lot of people forget the rest of uh, Lekkonen's game, which was the 110% effort on every shift he did, the way he could get back and uh, help out the defense, his two-way game. And I think that's what uh, Emil Henneman uh, brings to Laval uh, or even Montreal if he can crack the team, which I think will be hard to crack this year based on the amount of players they have. But, uh, um, yeah, to me, I think he has the best chance of uh, giving uh, management and St. Louis issues with who they're going to uh, keep in Montreal. And these these are all good problems to have, obviously. Yeah. So uh, that that's a good thing for the Canadians and for St. Louis and front office to be dealing with. Uh, what I really like uh, with what, just as a general rule, uh, you know, just talking about Emil Heinemann and you brought up like the 110% effort of Arturi Lekkonen, and that's what I saw in that mm -hmm. game for Laval, is that it, it feels like, you know, the team that they're trying to build, obviously they're trying to build exciting hockey and uh, put a very exciting brand of hockey on the ice is uh, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon. But the biggest thing for me is with the departures this summer that are out of the lineup now, um, it's like every player it seems like on the roster. Now, I feel like you could tell me if, if I'm missing the mark on this, if I'm missing a name, if I'm forgetting someone, um, but it feels like they're just trying to put together a team on the ice that whoever is out there, you're never going to complain about the effort level. Like you're never going to see someone lollygag back on the back check, you know, like you're all on the four check. You're going to see people in the corners digging for pucks, doing the dirty work. Like it just feels like there's nobody on this roster right now. Are you complaining about effort level? Well, now that Huffman's gone, no. <laughs> so, uh, well, that's it, right? Uh, <laughs> um, like even even if you look at uh, the fourth line, uh, Michael, even uh, Joel Armia, uh, a lot of people don't like Armia has a high contract. He, you know, only scores once every 27 games or something like that. But mm. I mean, when he does score, it's usually three goals and assists <laughs> or something silly. Um, but he puts an effort in. He's one of the best penalty killers on the team when he's healthy. He, he still puts an effort in. Um, uh, Michael Pozzetta, another guy. 110% effort every time he's on the ice. Uh, Jake Evans, Suzuki, Caulfield, Doc. Like, you can go on forever, and you're absolutely right. Uh, it's almost like they're – it's almost like Gort and Hughes know they don't have that mega superstar, so they're trying mm -hmm. to build a team of depth where no matter what line you have on there, you have an opportunity to uh, – um, you have an opportunity to score or you have – you're not – worried about whether that line's going to to work or not on that given night and well that's it and that's the thing and it leads it leads us into the second prospect in your uh in your article which was owen beck you mentioned him before he's a guy that's uh, a lot of people are excited about I, I i gotta be honest i haven't seen much of him play i've only seen the stat sheet looks pretty good to me um uh you know he played that one game in montreal looked pretty good it's, mm -hmm. it's one game but hey you know in your first game in the nhl uh, sink or swim i'd say i'd say he swam for given the opportunities he was given um what what what, what is it about him uh, that excites so many people 
again, effort. Uh, the fact yeah. he he's one of the best centers in the Canadian Hockey League right now, at least the OHL, and when, in regards to face-off wins and taking face-offs. And if you know anything about Montreal right now, their best face-off guy is Dvorak. So, uh, well, Monaghan, I think if Monaghan gets regular at center, he'll, he'll be over 50%. But even if Orak was only like 53% or something like that in, in the face-off, which isn't terrible. Um, so he's going to give you that center. I, I look at Owen Beck as a, a better scoring Jake Evans. Uh, right. He's going to give you that two-way game. Uh, he's fast. He's quick. Uh, he has a very good hockey IQ, which, uh, you know, some would argue you can teach, some would argue you can't. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's going to be this top six uh, scoring forward, but I think he's going to be a solid third-line center that could get you 20 goals, 40 points maybe. You know what I mean? Like that that one yeah. guy that can – that you know, if uh, Doc's our center of the future for the second line, if he's hurt, he can pop up into that second line and you're not, not worried about it. He can take key face-offs in the defensive zone. Uh, he gives an element of the game that Montreal's been really missing for a long time, and that's a strong center that you can count on on tough situations. Um, and I thought he played well. The, I covered the World Juniors there when it was here in Halifax, and when he did get called up, I thought he played really well in there. Uh, he, you know, for a guy who disjoined pretty much in the medal round, he didn't look at a place. Um, he had to work up his minutes, but uh, once he did, he was uh, he was a solid player for that team. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's a great assessment from what, all the things that I've read about Owen Beck because uh, I haven't seen him play, like I said, much. But like from from what I'm seeing, it's like from your article, I, I got the Jake Evans comparison. But then like look, just looking at offensive ability of different articles I read about him, that's what I'm seeing. So like I, he's a guy that you know you. In the article, I think you say that it's like a bit of a long shot just because of the the whole junior factor. Right. It's, it's either junior or Montreal. But right. he's a guy that, you know, if if he impresses in camp, like that's kind of forcing their hand at having to make a decision on Jake Evans, in my opinion. Because Jake Evans, while he's a really important player uh, for the team in terms of defensive zone draws and, and penalty killing and whatnot, the fact is, is that he he is prone a little bit to injuries, uh, specifically mm -hmm. of the, specifically of the head variety. And the other thing is, is that you don't score much. And listen, you know, I I I I see the value of a defensive player. I do. However, on a team that you know struggles to score goals and that doesn't have that guy to look to other than Caulfield, that you know can consistently put the puck in the net. You need all the help you can get, yeah. and that's what I feel like uh, is Jake Evans' shortcoming. Is he'll always give the effort, no doubt about that. And he he's a good player defensively, but just there's so much to be desired on the offensive side of the puck. Well, I, I like I, I I like Jake Evans. I like his game. I often wonder if he'd be a NHL player on a different team. Mm -hmm. um, Montreal right now is so stock full of centers, though. Uh, really, when you go into the season, they have Suzuki, they have Doc, they have Monaghan, they have Newhook, they have Evans. Uh, Dvorak, I think, is going to start the season injured, so I'm not sure when he's going to come. The rumors are he's going to miss the first couple weeks of the season. Um, so that may have an opening for Beck, maybe to get his nine games in uh, at the mm -hmm. first of the season, just to see how he reacts. Um However, with that overabundant amount of centers they have, you're absolutely right. If they say, hey, you want Owen to stay with the team, I think that pushes Jake Evans out. And uh, 
it'd be interesting to see what they would they would do with him. And it's funny because I had this. I remember early on in the season uh, having this debate with friends when. Uh, kind of when the I wouldn't say early on, but middle of the road of the season when the wheels started to fall off for the Canadians mm-hmm. with injuries and whatnot, and like, you know, you're looking at the stat sheet, and and like one of my friends was God bless him, he was de- defending Jake Evans as if it was his own son, you know, in, in his offensive abilities, and I'm like, listen, man, important player, he, he had a big, big, big part in that playoff run where they made it to the Stanley Cup final, um, but just there's just again, you, you're paid to. A lot of players in most cases are paid to put the puck in the net. And even if you're a third or fourth liner, this is not the NHL of uh, 10 years ago where your fourth liners are out there to crash and bang. They still got to be able to play offense. And, you know, again, it's just, there's just, you wish that he could put it together, but it's just, it's just been derailed so many times, so many times by concussion after concussion. It's really a shame because, uh, you know, you you hear him speak in the media, and you you root for him. He's an easy guy exactly. to root for. Yeah, it's just it's just a shame. But uh, hey, maybe uh, he sees, maybe he he knows what we're talking about, and <laughs> like in his head, and he's like, hey, this kid plays a lot like me. I gotta start. Uh, yeah. I gotta push the pace even more. So like, it's it's the, there's no better competition than internal competition. Absolutely. So, uh, hopefully that could uh, that could be resolved uh, one way or another. Again, a good problem for the Canadians to have. Exactly. I mean, you could even look at Dvorak when he does become healthy, move into a different team. Um, I know a lot of fans want Dvorak out basically because mm-hmm. of his contract and the fact that he's not living up to whatever expectations they had for him. Um, but uh, at some point, you got to start moving guys out at a position of strength, which they have right now at center. It's crazy to me that, uh, that that it's like imagine imagine three years ago we said uh, like that center is a position of strength for the Canadians. It's well like, under Bergevin, it was not at all. <laughs> it was just like it was like you had Nick Suzuki. He was just starting to come on, you know, very excited, but you couldn't yeah. count on him quite yet. And then you had Phil Deneau, and then it was like. All right, who? Uh, let's like open tryouts. Let's yeah. go. Uh, who yeah. else is? Uh, who yeah. else could play center? And oh, then before Dano was Placanic. Placanic uh, oh, was basically the yeah, number you... one center. So, yeah. Oh man, and it, you know what? It's a. Uh, it fit pretty well. That's why Phil Dano worked so well because he played yep. that Placanic role, and uh, he fit really well. Anyways, um, third name on the list. This intrigued me. This intrigued me because it's. It's, he was the hot name this summer when it happened. Uh, again, very unpopular pick. Um, but I think he's going to be a really, really good player. Uh, David Reinbacher. Now just plead your case for David Reinbacher. Well, to me, David Reinbacher, I think the reason Ken Hughes drafted him was because he's going to be the best defense, I think, of defenseman over the next three drafts. Even though this draft this year is going to be very heavy in defensemen, I think people uh, – underestimate Reinbacher. Uh, he's been playing in the Swiss professional league since he was little over 16 years old, almost 17. And uh, last year, near the end of the year, he's playing top minutes for Colton. Uh, anyone who's watched him play over there has said that this guy is definitely a top two defenseman in the NHL. He has all the, uh, now he's not going to be your, Oh, he's not going to score. He's not going to be the, the top scoring defenseman, 
But uh, my big thing about Reinbacher is right now, if you look at the right side of the defense for the Montreal Canadiens, you have David Savard, Chris Weidman, uh, Gustav Lindstrom, who they just picked up in the Petrie deal, and uh, uh, Jonathan Kovacevic. Mm. I think right now Reinbacher is better than all of them at this moment in time. Uh, without, I mean, give David Savard because of his NHL experience and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, but I think right now he beats out Weidman, Kovacevic, and, and Lindstrom, if I put him in a depth chart for the team. Uh, mm-hmm. The only thing with him is he has to play on North America, has to have a little bit more time on North American ice. He has to get you to, and he's only, what, 18 years old, 19 years old. So uh, um, if he comes out and he plays in camp and he's hot, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't keep him in Montreal, except for the fact they want to develop a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. He ha- he could go over to the Swiss League. He could go to Laval. I think if he doesn't make Montreal, he will go back to Colton in the Swiss League and play there because uh, I think he wants to finish school. I think I read that somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my argument for David Reinbach is, like I say right now, and when Lane Hudson gets ready to go, you have a day. You have David Reinbacher lined up with Lane Hudson, right? If Lane Hudson's everything that we hope he's going to be, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're probably going to have the best defensive duo, one of the best defensive duos in the NHL. Yeah, and you know, the, the interesting thing about Reibacher is just as you're talking about him, I'm like t- t- kind of typing up names of like high-profile defensemen. And the one that it, it's interesting, like I'm not going to compare him to Victor Hedman because he's not the same size. Mm. However, what I will say is that you know, Victor Hedman's first few years in the NHL weren't uh, like he wasn't lighting the world. He wasn't a presence like he is now. Mm. Like I, I remember seeing him early on in his career. I went again. I went to a game against Tampa and I'm like, all right, he's a big guy, you know, but like nothing to write home about. He's, he's your average defenseman, you know, just has a lot of size. Then he learned how to play the offensive side of the game in the NHL. And then it was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like when he's on the ice, like I saw him a couple of years ago and I was like, wow, this man is like a physical specimen. So yeah. like, I feel like once he, once he gets, you know, he knows how to play def- defense. That's why he was drafted so high. Yeah. So you could, he could learn that offensive game. Now I'm not going to call him, you know, a 60 point defenseman, but like, I agree with you. I think he's not getting a, as much credit as he deserves. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, h- him being drafted, the highest defenseman drafted in a draft that was littered with offensive talent. And, you know, a lot of people wanted the other guy uh, in Mitchkov. I'm one of them. But when, when it happened, I remember a lot of my friends were like really, really pissed. And I'm like, guys, like this guy's going to be a really good player. We're just, we're not mad that, we're not we don't think he's gonna be bad we're just mad that they didn't draft the other guy so like that's like really i feel like what a lot of fans are are experiencing right now but i think uh you know i i think him making it out of camp would like really be like a oh my god moment the the jeff jeff gordon and kent hughes are the smartest people that have ever been that ever graced this earth kind of thing because like i i don't think a lot of anyone is really expecting it but i could hear i hear your case and anyone could force anyone's hand when it comes to training camp yeah I, I, exactly and i i think when it comes to reinbacher as well is uh, with the draft he wasn't the sexy pick 
Everyone, I want it Leonard, to be honest. I want it Ryan Leonard. I, I, I'll i be honest. I'm not a big Hitchcock right. fan. I don't think he skates very well, and I think that's going to hurt him when he gets to the NHL. I mean, he's still going to probably be an 80-point scorer or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Montreal's been deprived of a superstar player for so long. And if you look at this draft, there's, ton, there's tons of superstar potential in that first six picks. Um, but Ryan Marker was the guy they wanted. Um I'm not mad about the pick. It wasn't the guy I wanted, but uh, I think Hughes and Gordon are smarter than I am. So uh, exactly. they know what they want. They know. And then when you think about it, like I say, uh, Reinbacher paired with Hutton. And if Hutton's what we think he's going to be, or Hudson, I should say, uh, yeah, that's going to be a, a, a dominant. And I think he has more offensive skill than people think Reinbacher does. Again, I compare him to Roman Yossi in his style of game. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to get the points that Roman Yossi got. Like I said, I'm with you. I don't think he's going to be the 60-point defenseman, like maybe 40 tops, 45. Um, but if he can uh, if he can show he can make the team this year and he gets out, it's going to be a, a genius move by Gorton and, and, and Hughes. Now, all three of those players, I will say this, I have high doubts they make the team out of camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe you're going to see Beck and Heineman at some point in the season play for the Canadians, at least them two. Oh, for sure. I, I you'd yeah. have to think that those two guys on the forward side, um, yeah. those two guys and Joshua Roy are like the first guys where it's like, okay, there's an injury. You're playing well in Laval. Let's yeah. see what you could do. Next man yeah. up. Let's go. Um, Something it, it's actually you know what we could get into it a little bit. It's something I spoke about. Uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago with uh, Shala Alexi Brisebois, uh, another regular on our show, which was you know coming into camp. I feel like there's got to be Joshua Roy has got to feel some pressure because he's a he's a Quebec kid. You know they're they're it's tough because there's not the roster spots like you said, but like I feel like everyone. Now that like Arbor Jacka, it's like where did, where the hell did he come from? He just forced his way onto the team, kind of thing. I feel like people think, and including inside the Canadians organization, that that could be a regular thing, especially with the talented group that they have in in their uh, in their prospect rank. So I don't know. I feel like he could feel a little bit of pressure. And hey, we saw it at the World Juniors. Pressure led to fire under this guy's ass. So, you know, like maybe it'll be good for him. And, you know, because he's a he is a guy from Quebec and he's a, yeah. he's a French Canadian and he plays for the he plays in the Montreal Canadiens organization. I uh, I mean, I really like Joshua Law. I talked to him a lot at the World Juniors when I was covering it back then. I even seen him at the airport the next day. I was flying <laughs> to Bermuda and he was going home and he recognized me. And we had a chat in the airport and uh, this kid's dedicated and he knows what he wants. He knows where to go and he knows how to get it. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about Joshua Waugh. Um, injury is going to happen. He's him, Sean Farrell, of course, Lies Anderson, uh, you know, uh, Nick, uh, Nick Leger, the guy they got from Pittsburgh. They're all going to get their calls. I, I truly believe, and hopefully we don't have the injury issues we've had the past couple years, sure. but, uh, and which I think forced the hand of guys like Jack Guy and Gooley and Harris to get so much time that they get in the, in, in the NHL. But, um, any type of injury, you're going to see these guys come up. Back when his OHL season's over, if he doesn't make the team, you'll, you're going to see him probably play for Montreal the last half of the season. After the trade deadline, when guys like Monaghan and maybe Weidman and whoever else is gone, they're going to need room. These guys are going to come up. 
And I'm not, I would not be surprised if Joshua Wall comes up and make, does it, does a kind of a rough uh, RHP or Raphael Harvey Pernard type uh, showing and improve his case everywhere he's played. He's played top level hockey and uh, he just proves it over and over again that he is, uh, you know, one of those guys that you can't overlook and you're right. There's going to be pressure on, but I think he likes the pressure. I think that's what forces mm-hmm. him to, to play as good as he is. And, and like in Montreal, they, they need their friend. They need their Frank. I, I know the argument all the time is the best players, but I think a, a team like Montreal needs Francophone players on their team. And, uh, and I think he would be a great ambassador for the, uh, for the city and the, in the province. You know, I agree with you with the Francophone thing. I, I, you know, like, it's not that, you know, they should favor them over, mm-hmm. you know, favor one guy over another, but it's it's really important to have that yeah. hometown, homegrown guy in your own backyard thing. It, it's really, really important. Like the Canadians will be around forever. There's no doubt about that, you know, but you want kids to grow up thinking about like, you know, in a in the same vein as you know back then, I'm not I'm not comparing Joshua Wada Gila Fleur, but it's like you grow up, you grow yeah. up with like a picture of Gila Fleur. He's so iconic in this province because he was not only an amazing hockey player for the Canadians, but he was he was a guy, he was a guy from here. That's why. Yeah. So like yeah. we haven't had that in so so long, and you know. I, I, I really do agree with you. I think it's important. I see it in, you know, I'm from Montreal also, but uh, I'm a big Bengals fan, Cincinnati Bengals. And one of the guys on their team, he's a really, he's not their superstar, but he's a really good player. And the fans love him. His name is Sam Hubbard. He's plays on the defensive line. Just a guy that, you know, lunch pail, lunch pail, meat and potatoes kind of guy goes to work, gets his sacks and people love him because he's from Cincinnati and right. he grew up, a, grew up a Bengals fan. And then he went to Ohio state and then he played for the Bengals. Like that's the trajectory you want right. to see. It's, it, it's storybook stuff that you see a kid from Montreal play for the Lac St. Louis lions. Then he goes to the QMJHL and then he gets drafted by his childhood team. That's what you want to see. Yeah. I think it's really, really important, especially for a place like here that just, puts a lot of emphasis on like, and the pride of being from Montreal. Like that's just what it is. And I, I totally agree. I mean, love or hate Jonathan drew in. He was great for the community. He, uh, over the mm-hmm. summers, he did everything for the community and you need a player who can speak the language, who can, uh, is from the area knows what it was like to be a kid growing up watching the Montreal Canadiens or the Quebec Nordiques, depending on, uh, mm-hmm. where you're from and that and and uh you need that and i know a lot of, I, I agree i don't think you should favor them i don't uh but i mean i think what last year the year before was the first time montreal ever rostered a team that did not have a frank oh my god and, that was uh, yeah that was the that was the year that was uh it wasn't the covid shortened year but i think it was the year after where like yeah we had the covid restrictions we were playing in front of empty buildings still right. for half the year kind of thing and i i me as one, and I'm an anglophone. I'm from the I'm from the Maritimes. I for one was like, I couldn't believe it. Like I said, wow, yeah, Montreal. You know, like I grew up a huge Patrick Waugh fan, and uh, you know, uh, uh, I was a little bit young for Lafleur, but I'm a, I, I did kind of see him play, but with the Rangers in Nordiques. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you, you need that. Like I know from being a Maritime, you know, Al McInnes, Mike McPhee, all these guys. Like they're from my hometown, and and I was proud to see them play in the NHL. Like. Uh, uh, Alex Newhook from Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. Lots of people in Newfoundland are very proud to see Alex Newhook, and and 
you know, it's a sense of pride of where you're from and it's a sense of pride of your culture to see people succeed at the highest level that they can. Especially nowadays, you know, I feel like especially now that Patrice Bergeron has, uh, has uh, announced his retirement, like there's a lot of good players that have come through Quebec. I feel like there hasn't been like that dominant force in, in quite some time. You know, like the last one I could think of from Quebec, I'm talking, is like Vincent Le Cavalier uh, when he was with the Lightning. And then he left and then he kind of fell off the wagon a little bit in terms of his production. But, you know, that's really like the last time there was that ultimate Quebec player. Yeah, I think you're right. And I don't know if that's a sign. I mean, if you, even if you look at the drafting over the years, the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League just doesn't get the draft prospects drafted like they used to. And mind you, they win the Memorial Cup almost every, every year. single year. <laughs> um, but for some reason, on an individual level, there's no one. Uh, I don't know if that's an issue with Quebec hockey. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's an issue with now whether the taking out the fighting is going to make any much of a difference. Uh, I mean, that's a whole different debate, I guess, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's tough to see. I don't know what's going on there, but you're absolutely right. I I'm trying to think now the last superstar Francophone player that uh, Daniel Breer, maybe uh, see, but like, I, I don't know. Even he wasn't. See, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I mean, he, listen, when, with the Buffalo Sabres, he was a 90 point player, yeah, yeah. but like, he wasn't the face of a franchise. Like when the lightning came to town, it's like, Oh my God, I'm going to see Vaisal Le Cavalier. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. When they're like, when it was the Sabres coming to town, Oh, this is like, Oh, I really, these are my early days of watching hockey. It's like, yeah. Oh my God, it's Daniel Breer. It's Chris Drury. It's Maxim Finneganov, uh, Ryan Miller. Like they just yeah. they were loaded. So he didn't really like shine yeah. bright on the team as like an individual, you know, Martin St. Louis, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Mean, when he, he played, he, he played with the Rangers, uh, yeah. and he and he played with the Rangers uh, near the yeah. end of his career. So I, I mean, but I, you're right. I'm I'm just trying to. And I wow. I'm trying to think of it, it's it's really it's. It, I mean, there's, there's Chris Letang again, but you know, yeah. overshadowed by Crosby, obviously, correct, yeah, and, and yeah. Malkin. Uh, there's again great players, but when is when has it been like we need a game plan around that guy? And it was, uh, and it, and it was a Quebec-born player. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. I think it's important that we need what we need. We need those in the league. Roberto Luongo, maybe. There you go. That's Old a good player. one. Yeah. 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 So, um, but again, these are all guys that are <laughs> yeah. you know they're they're not in the <laughs> league anymore. Yeah. And then Patrice Bergeron. I mean, uh, yeah. I guess he's the last. He's gone now. So, wow. I guess. I guess we had our hopes in Jonathan Druin, but that didn't work out, I guess. But uh, well, there you go. So, uh, I mean, yeah. hey, it, it's, I think it's really important, again, be, just like you want to have people growing up wanting to play for the Canadians. Cause like you even look at it here right now, like no one really talks about like growing up and wanting to play in the NHL in Montreal. I find basketball has been getting a lot, a lot of momentum and soccer has been getting a ton of momentum, especially now that Messi's in the MLS. It's yeah. kind of like with the Canadians going through rough times. Plus there's no one for like the fans to really say like, I can grow up and be just like him kind of thing where you relate on a personal level. We need it. We need it. We need it bad. I- I think that's also an NHL marketing issue too. I think the NHL yeah. doesn't market its players the way it should, um, like the NBA and the NFL and 
the you know the major league soccer does um but when it comes to montreal i mean i would love to see i mean i always make this joke montreal's never won a stanley cup with other french superstar there you go <laughs> yeah it, it's true it's true <laughs> never won a stanley cup without a french superstar so whether they and get hey, one i don't know <laughs> i mean can you but like you know what just can you imagine the like it would be sold on t-shirts the the bell center would be selling them if had the canadians won that cup against the lightning just filled an o pizza like that was like <laughs> marketing gold more filled it out with the pizza it was yeah. if he stayed a montreal canadian after that it's like they were would have been all over that and that would have been our uh that would have been uh my generations you know like build the statue kind of thing like yeah. he's not he's not a legendary player like the other ones but hey winning a cup kind of enshrines you as a legend as a legend it, so, it does uh, and uh i think that's what the only thing carrie price missed out on his career was that was that cup other than that price is a retire his number hall of fame type guy mm-hmm. and hopefully montreal does retire his number but he doesn't have a cup so that's where you kind of have to wonder if they will you know well you know just quickly uh, on the on that on that thing it's like i always said that um that for me if they were going to retire a player's number without a cup it would be saku koibu um just like me growing up like this guy was my idol uh, mm-hmm. i i really really just admired him you know again just always went to work wasn't a dirty player just like the most honest player and just was a great player and just did so much for the community here and i found that like that was like bigger like he was a larger than life figure because of that fact of like of course what happened to him with the, with the cancer and then mm-hmm. what he did for the community in montreal bringing yeah. like making montreal a major city in terms of cancer research so i just found that like he was the guy and then gary price steps along and <laughs> on the ice you can't really argue you know yeah you can't really argue with what he did so it's it'd be interesting to see how they move the bar in terms of uh as the years go on in terms of retiring numbers because hey you're not going to get players anymore that win 17 Stanley Cups. Connor McDavid no. hasn't even won one yet. So yeah, uh, yeah, that that era is over. The era of uh, you know multiple cups and and uh, uh, franchise or dynasty teams, I think, is over. I think Tampa Bay is the closest we're going to get to a dynasty, and they won what two? Three they two? won two. Uh, there's also the, I mean the two ones in in modern. I, I guess you could call it modern. There's a couple that that happened. Yeah. You know, but it never really it, it never went past three. Yeah, three was yes, always the bar. Yeah. It never goes past three. There was Chicago, uh, L.A. won two, uh, Crosby won three. Um, yeah. Over a longer period of time, you know, they kind of went through a down yeah. period, and then uh, Tampa Bay. But again, it's just like they never even Colorado. Everyone thought Colorado would be the next one. Yeah. And then they got eliminated in the first or second round. So, hey. It's it's just the parody of the NHL now with the salary cap. There you go. Anyways, uh, this time flew by, Tredge. I really yeah, got to yeah. thank you. Um, <laughs> no worries. I'm, gonna have you, I'm definitely going to have you back on to talk more prospects, especially when the preseason gets rolling. Because yeah, you're already sure. familiar with these guys. So I would love to get your takes on what you see from them once they touch the professional ice. So I got to thank you yep. for your time. No and, worries. And uh, – Enjoy your weekend, and we'll speak soon. You too. That was Dredge Wilson of the Hockey Writers. I am Matt O'Han of the Sick Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We'll catch you next time. 
And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. 